The Unexplored Places, Tango Sector, is an actual play podcast about the crew of the spaceship Pelagian, a ragtag group of reckless guns for hire, taking jobs, facing rivals, making enemies, and scraping by amidst the plots and schemes of the cops, cults, and criminals who control their home in Tango Sector. Find us on Twitter at UnexploredCast, and tune in every other Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one and all to Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman. I am your compere for this backstage episode from our main house production. I'm joined in the pandemic lockdown Zoom room by Helen. Hello. By Chris Buxy. Hello. And by subject of today's character creation backstage episode, uh, welcome Vicky. Hello. Everyone excited to meet Vicky's character for this uh, production? I mean, yes, I absolutely. very much so, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get on and do that. Vicky, let us know which of the Monster of the Week playbooks uh, you've decided to pick and what drew you to it. I am the flake. I would say one of the main things that drew me to it is that the example given for a type of flake, one of my favourite television characters of all time, Fox Mulder from The X-Files. And uh, also, it does just fit really well with, I think, some aspects of my personality that I probably don't play out in my real life all of the time. But this gives me an opportunity to explore some of those parts of my character that on a regular everyday, in a regular everyday situation, I would kind of be like, oh, no, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. (laughs) I'm a rational human. But in reality, I would love to be really invested in those things because I think it's like it's really kind of cool and weird and so yeah I think that's the the main reason so like following kind of conspiracy theories and stuff is like a fun a fun thing to explore yeah because the, the other uh classic modern example of a flake in media is specifically the the that one meme of Charlie Day with the conspiracy wall <laughs> I, uh, I added him to my list of uh greatest flakes of all time <laughs> that I made in preparation for this session Brilliant. Oh, who else is on that list? I'm excited to hear. Obviously, Fox Mulder was my starting point. And then I started to think about what are the characteristics of the flake, which is, you know, someone who's maybe a bit of a conspiracy theorist, someone who is maybe a bit of a kind of bit of a maverick, a bit of a renegade, somebody who doesn't sort of follow the normal rules or looks for patterns and a bigger kind of meaning to seemingly disconnected things. So then I thought about Sherlock Holmes, who I think I would make a case for being uh, an example of a flake, especially, I think, the Johnny Lee Miller version in Elementary. (laughs) 
I think is the version of Sherlock that fits that particularly well. I thought about Neo from the Matrix trilogy. Yeah, definitely right at the beginning, right? Especially at the beginning, the thing that leads him in is, especially in film one, is, is you know, he becomes, I feel like he goes from the flake to a chosen one. He has that journey. Um, I thought about Dale Cooper, who is the FBI agent in Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks series. Oh, love Dale Cooper. He, I, I think he's a really good example of a, a flake. And I was thinking about what distinguished the flake from the professional, because obviously quite a lot of them end up being private detectives or FBI agents. Quite a lot of the examples I thought of were people in that kind of field of work. And I think the thing that distinguished the flake for me is a person who is still not keen to play by the rules of the organization that they've come from. So I thought like Fox Mulder is a great example of that. He's always railing against the FBI. Dale Cooper is a good example of that. He really goes, you know, completely rogue when he's um, up in Twin Peaks trying to solve the crime and is very much on his own with only a tape recorded uh, set of messages to his non-existent executive assistant as a, as a companion. I then thought about a few others because I realized I mostly only thought about men and I thought that was like not great and I was trying to think of some good examples of female versions of the character and I came up with again two characters from tv but I would love it if someone could give me an idea for someone from fiction that fits this um category but I thought about um the character Kalinda Sharma who is the investigator in the tv series The Good Wife um I think is a good example and yeah. um a character called who's a beloved favorite of mine and Ellie's Penelope Garcia from the Criminal Minds procedural crime drama series is uh, works for the FBI, but really eschews all of the kind of trappings that you might expect to come with being an FBI agent. She's incredibly informal. She's sort of pink and fluffy and like this kind of cool geeky girl who solves all of the, basically solves all of the mysteries just through the power of using her computer in um, ways that allow, allows her to do that kind of pattern spotting and narrowing down the options until she zeroes in on the on the criminal so I thought about those and then one that occurred to me that's in something that I've seen really recently is a character called Jonah Heidelbaum from the Hunters TV series he really leans into the like the pattern spotting elements of the flake like that's really what he's great at he's a kind of code breaker he can see a disparate set of information and draw out um, the coded message or the pattern that connects those things together and I just love love stuff like that so, yeah, those were the those were the different the different people that I thought about, and then obviously Charlie Kelly in that one specific episode <laughs> of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, when he mostly just spends his time in a room with bits of paper stuck to the walls and a huge amount of red string, shouting "It goes all the way to the top" over and over again. <laughs> I think it's just people's mail in an office building, isn't it? It's not. It's something completely innocuous, but it's very very funny. I'm struggling to think of now that you now that you say it to think of examples from fiction that like everyone that I'm coming up with is from TV, like. Abed from Community, I would count yeah. as a flake. Oh, yes, yes, he's a great example. And um, MK, who is one of the clones from Orphan Black, is like, she is the flake clone of the clone club. But yeah, in fiction, I would have to think a bit harder. Yeah, I thought it's mostly private. To me, it was the people that came to mind were like private detectives, private investigators who like could have been in the police force or something similar, but there's something about them that just means they can't conform to that kind of um, organizational normalcy, whatever it might be. So that was the kind of thing that distinguished for me the, the flake from the professional. But a lot of the ones I've selected are people who are, you know, detectives of some, some kind. But I think that's also because I'm drawn to those kinds of characters because I love crime dramas. I love crime fiction. 
So yeah, I think that's partly why the list kind of looks like that for me. Okay, so uh, you you know a lot of these types of characters. Uh, you've got lots of examples on the go. Are you going to be going for sort of an example of the archetype, or are you going to try and find new ground that none of those are covering? Um, I think it might be a bit of a combination yep. of some of them. I definitely, when I was thinking about this, I like the idea of being a part of like you know, whether that was the government agency or something like that, but where I really was a misfit there and then find a fit in this, you know, in this other organization that is slightly less conventional. That sounds like a great starting point. Yeah. Mm. So uh, there's a couple of ways that we can do character creation in these games. We can kind of, um, if you have a concept already, then you can can pick uh, the options from the playbook that fit that concept. Or we can go through and just pick items from the playbook that you like the look of and see what sort of character we get at the end of it. Which sort of, where where on that spectrum do you think you're falling today? I think I essentially have like a few different ideas, some that are stronger than others. And then maybe the thing, so which is why I've maybe struggled when I looked at the moves to pick the things that I feel make the most sense. I think I want somebody who is more mind over physical. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe somebody who had like an element of training in a combat situation, but is not good in that situation <laughs> and is much better off in a situation where they're able to use, you know, investigating or piecing things together or, you know, finding out the truth kind of approach. So there are moves that fit with that better than others. Yeah, that's definitely a good place to start. So the, the the game ambitiously suggests that you start with a name. Names are obviously a very difficult thing to come up with. Where are you on that? Uh, well, I have a few options. I had a thought about a name, which is a little bit of an homage to Fox Mulder, which is that I think my character has a really awful first name that they don't go by. And they, if anything, mostly keep secret from everybody. So they go by their, pretty much exclusively by their surname. So I had some ideas for some really like overblown female names, mostly taken from like Greek tragedy (laughs) (laughs) Um, that would be like my parents had given me this absolutely terrible name. So I then just go by, go by my surname. And I think I've, I've got a few options, but I think my favorite one is Antigone Renko. Wow. (laughs) Nice. That's intense. Yeah. That's, that's parents who parents who went by the the sound rather than by the reference, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite like you know, if you know anything about Greek tragedy. Antigone has a very dark, <laughs> dark story. So I feel like it's an extra reason to have a name that you you know you you don't use. And then if I have been you know involved in anything um, government related, then it might be possible that I would mostly go by my surname anyway so i just imagine the character sort of you know answering the phone just with the one word surname as the salutation so i think that's my favorite one i had a few other i had another one that was calliope fletcher uh, which i thought had a bit more of a private detective sound about it yeah um and then iphigenia stoker had the whole <laughs> when you said terrible greek tragedy name iphigenia was the first one that came to yes, my mind well, no, I had to <laughs> to go there uh but I think Antig- not a name you should call your child <laughs> i know right oh, why would you do it why would you- it's like people who call their kids ophelia what's happening <laughs> it's a beautiful name but don't do it no seriously if you want to call your kid ophelia it's it's fine um so uh, yeah, I, think, I think antigone renko has like a level of um yeah i just I, yeah, it's something about that like just worked for me as a kind of 
where I could just go by the surname all of the time. What I like about Antigone is that it doesn't even shorten that well. I guess you could shorten it to Anne, but otherwise, like, the nicknames you're going to get are going to be things like Tiggy, which are equally awful. Yeah, terrible. So I think, yeah, that was my thinking. So I think I will mostly probably just go by the surname. Okay. Uh, So next thing in the book is uh, your look. Uh, what you look yep. like. You've got some options for gender presentation and for eyes and for clothes. Uh, anything there particularly catch your eye or should we just go through them? Uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely want to um, play myself as a woman. I think um, the eyes ones were, were was tricky because there were so many options and I was like, oh, are eyes ever just one thing? Right. <laughs> you know, um, but I think probably the searching eyes is the one mm-hmm. that's like I'm just a character that's always looking for, you know, always observing, always looking for the unexpected, always looking for the out of place. That's cool. Which again is like a really, I mean, that's Sherlock Holmes. Fox Mulder has that that characteristic. You know, there are quite a few, quite a few characters that I mentioned that have that characteristic of just being able to spot that really small detail that just doesn't quite make sense of the lie. That's cool. And how about clothes? I think probably... Yeah, I'm kind of in two minds about this because I feel like it might be like wearing the suit of like the bygone era of having been, you know, like um, the kind of suit that um, Olivia wears in Fringe, where it's yeah. like, it's still kind of like, it's kind, it's kind of nice, but it's very like, you're obviously from the government because you're wearing this suit. And I just wonder if it's like, so a part of my life, having been like a workaholic for the government that I've just never really let it go, even though I could wear really whatever I wanted. So that would be, I guess, like rumpled suit yeah, is, is the yeah. option we'd pick. Yeah. yeah. And then what about uh, ratings or stats? Uh, so as the flake, you uh, all of your options have sharp plus two. Uh, you're yeah. going to be you're going to be pretty on the ball. Um, but what about the the other combination of things? Um, so I think I think I'm going to go for the top one, which is charm plus one, cool plus one. Sharp plus two, tough minus one, and weird zero. That sounds good. What what sort of draws you to that? Being being more of a like a people person and also a bit calm under pressure. Yeah. So I think I was thinking about it from the perspective of I don't see my character or I don't see myself really playing a character that's sort of um jumpy and paranoid and nervous. Uh so I think it made sense to me that like if I've come from this background where I've maybe worked for this government agency, I've got a level of training, I'm going to be good in situations where I'm potentially questioning somebody or trying to see the truth. And that would come with a level of like some level of charisma, probably not great charisma, but some level of charisma. And then also like this idea of being able to keep, keep your head in like those kinds of situations because I've probably seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, because charm in this game basically translates to how, how good you are at getting getting people to do what you want them to do and sort of get information out of them and things. So it doesn't have to be charisma. It could just be that you're, you've had good training about how to, in, how to talk to witnesses. Yeah, exactly. It's like the FBI equivalent of bedside manner is... You know, you have to be good at that. Otherwise, you don't really get anywhere. And if I've generally speaking been leaning on the skills that are more intellectual than physical, then it makes sense to me that. Um, yeah, that, it's like charm. Charm as a learned skill rather than as a yeah, you know, exactly. Like a practiced, like uh, the guy with no bedside manner in Mindhunter. <laughs> so then, 
you also get to pick three flake moves uh, and you said that this is where you are slightly less sure what you want right yeah a little bit i mean there were a couple that sort of jumped out at me um i do like the idea of this connect the dots one i think that's like the way i want to play into the story is to be able to try and draw things together or spot a larger pattern at play yeah, that that sort of that gives you a lot of control. Basically, you roll at the start of the session, and it gives you some points you can spend at any point during that session to ask me questions about things. And it's effectively you sort of pointing at a thing or a person that has come into the story and saying, "I'm going to make this important," like even if it wasn't before, which is a very cool thing to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I think I'm definitely I'm basically that was the one I was like I'm definitely going to take that one. And then the other ones, I thought, you know, the suspicious mind one is quite interesting. If someone lies to you, you know it. I was like, I don't understand how that works as a mechanic. <laughs> you just know, like, I will just tell you this person is lying to you. You don't need to roll for it or anything. So that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. I really like the idea of contrary, which is when you seek out and receive someone's honest advice on the best course of action, and then I do something else instead... I get experience and if I do the exact opposite of their advice, I get a plus one for any moves that I make in the pursuit of that. I really love the flavor of that one. Yeah. I just love the the sort of situations I can see it getting us into. Yeah. So I think that one I'm really drawn to. I don't like the idea of the often overlooked. I feel like I'm just not going to really use it. And sure. the, net, the net friends one is about having people on the internet you can go to, which is what that one is what prompted me to think about the Johnny Lee Miller version of Sherlock Holmes in elementary. Cause he, oh, uses, yeah. that, he uses that skill a lot. He does. In that TV show. Um, which they, is, they make him do all sorts of things in return. Yeah, yeah they do. It's really, uh, and they actually do make it work as a story mechanic, even though it should be really kind of weird and rubbish. So as you, as you level up, there will be opportunities to take, I think one or two more uh, moves. So if there are, um, if you want to sort of prioritize, you can always um, have one or two that you've also got your eye on for later on. But um, yeah, do you want to throw up, throw open any discussion? Are there any other ones that we should describe and let, let the others weigh in? Yeah. The only other one I'm thinking about in terms of like potential usefulness, given my other um, shortcomings is <laughs> called sneaky, which is when you attack from an ambush or from behind, you get to inflict plus two harm which I think plays into the, um, but then the roles for that are potentially going to be terrible because of my <laughs> minus one on tough. So I feel like that might just be some like, interesting disasters, which could be good. I mean, you don't need to be particularly fighty, do you? No, I don't think so. No, I, th- I, think, your, um, I think your first choices were sort of, uh, probably the best. Yeah, I agree. Connect the dots. Contrary. Suspicious mind. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. with that. That sounds that sounds like it fits the character that you've described to us. I think so too. Yeah, I I'm just really so. interested to see how suspicious mind works, where you have to you have to tell me every time someone like. <laughs> and this applies to the other players as well. If the other players yeah. lie to you, then like if their character lies to you, they have to then follow up with, "Oh, and by the way, that was a lie." <laughs> <laughs> That sounds that sounds cool. So I'm gonna yeah okay those three those three. Yeah. How are you? How do you do that? Is it a what's the show? The micro expressions oh, show? Yeah. Lie to uh, me? Is it a lie to me lie thing? To me. Yes, that is exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, it's that 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 Tim Roth show, <laughs> <laughs> or like in the Mentalist, where it's just like, oh yeah, I've read all of your micro expressions and have connected all of the dots of your of the things I know about you to know that this must be a lie. 
yeah, I think that, that fits really well. Fantastic. Uh, so then uh, finally on the sheet, you get some gear. Um, you get a normal weapon and a couple of concealable or hidden weapons. Anything there catch your eye? Um, I think I've got to have a gun of some sort. Like, again, like probably something that I would have been used to have. Like maybe I kept it from my government. Your, your service weapon. Yeah, my service weapon. I'm not quite sure what kind of weapon that would be, actually, because surprisingly, I don't know a lot about guns. <laughs> Uh, nine millimeter would be yeah, roughly I thought it would be that. the nine millimeter so I'll take the nine millimeter nice uh, and then you get a couple of concealed things as well I think I'll take the folding knife that just seems like a useful I, I feel like I would have useful stuff for yeah possibly a little bit of breaking and entering as well we could do we do a little call back right the way back to season one I know of, um, and have a flashlight <laughs> as soon as I saw it I was like oh no <laughs> terrible idea no I think I will take the flashlight yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I will. excellent <laughs> brilliant okay yeah folding knife and a flashlight so at some point you will get to do some introductions and history with the with the other team members uh, but we'll hold off doing that for now mm-hmm. so you were a you were a do agent at one point do you think you've fully left or are you sort of like furloughed oh i quite like that idea that i'm like still on the payroll somehow Yeah, because it's, and this sort of ties in with another question I have about how long you've been in this town, because we know that when we start the story, the DO who used to have a presence in this town and whose job it was to protect it from all of these magic and monsters that people keep forgetting about and don't know are a threat, but they've, they've withdrawn from the town and this community effort has had to step in. So were you part of that? Sheridan office of the DO yeah I have a thought about that actually now that you've said it which is that I think I think um and another homage to uh Fox Mulder my absolute number one bay um <laughs> I love it so much. Um, in homage to him I think that I've got like this personal reason for it's not just about the fact that I work for the government but that I sought the job with the DO in the first place because of a personal tragedy that drove me to want to, you know, find the truth and explore what was happening. And I think that what could be possible is that they've withdrawn from the town, but I made the case to my superiors to be allowed to stay because I think there's still, like, there's some, there's something larger at play. This town is, you know, for some reason, I've become, like, slightly obsessed with the town and making sure that there's some kind of presence there. And then on the basis of that being, like, them throwing the community a bone they essentially sort of, yeah, furlough me from my official government post and, like, I'm essentially on some kind of, like, extended assignment in the town or something like that. That's cool, yeah. So so there is at least, like, people back at the back at headquarters know that you're there. And I have to do some kind of, like, report once a... Uh-huh. or something. This is cool because this, this gives you another move. This is going to give you a move from the professional playbook called mm-hmm. Deal with the Agency because you're a member of this uh, organization. That's cool. So if if at any point in the story you want to actually like make contact with your superiors at the DO to um, request supplies, or if you do something that brings the organization into disrepute and they get in contact with you to give you a dressing down, there is a move that you make. You have to roll plus sharp. Uh, and basically on a, on a hit, you're good. Uh, your request is okayed or your slip-up goes unnoticed. 
on a seven to nine, things aren't so great. You might get told off. There might be some fallout. And on a miss, you might be suspended under investigation, uh, something along those lines, in, generally in trouble with the organization. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, so that, I think that makes a lot of sense for you. Yeah. Great. How, how old is Renko and how long have they been a DO agent? Uh, so I reckon like maybe like late, like late thirties and came in like as a recruit at 21, like straight out of university, went straight into whatever like training program there was from university. So like a really long time and like her, her entire career. And if there was a personal tragedy that was the reason that you joined, then you actually, you knew about the omissions, the hidden world before you actually joined. Yeah. Do you want to decide what that tragedy was now or do you want to leave it to discover in play? I think it would be good to discover it in play. I have some thoughts about what it could be, but I just wonder if something interesting might unfold. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Are there any parameters that you want to lay down for it that you definitely know you want to be there? Um, I think it's either a dead or missing family member. Okay. Something like really serious. All right. Yeah. Cool. We can definitely work that in. I mean, not cool. But <laughs> good for good fodder for storytelling. Sorry, <laughs> uh, you will have the DO training for how you stop your brain just erasing all of your knowledge of the uh, magic monsters, the hidden world. They they use a combo of like hypnosis, mnemonic devices. Uh, they have a reputation in government for at least the new recruits to the DO are always mumbling to themselves because they're having to repeat these mantras yeah. over and over to stop themselves forgetting. So do you still lean on those techniques? Is there a particular um, one that works for you? I think I probably do have like lists in my brain. So yeah. I'll sometimes just reel off a list of seemingly unconnected things that are actually some kind of memory technique. Yeah, or it's just like it's vegetables or it's, <laughs> it's just something really weird. I mean, it's also a Sherlock reference because it's, yeah. it's very, very memory palace, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, something like that. And I think it's probably like when you've been doing it for you know, 15 years or something, you have, you can almost like skip some steps to allow you to do things more quickly because you're so practiced at it. Yeah. And so you were, you were in town before the department pulled out, but how long were you on assignment to this town? Yeah, I think I was probably in the like field office equivalent for at least a couple of years before they decided to leave. Okay. Yeah. The, the, Department of Admissions Field Office is like it poses as the like the History and Heritage Committee of the local council. So you could have had a cover as like an archivist or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, something like something like that. And I think that I've probably been on assignment to I would quite like to have been on assignment to some other places so that I yeah. can make some references to like, oh, this is just like Berlin in two thousand and three, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Flesh out your backstory as much as you want with those things. Uh, we've actually got quite a lot of characters um, already who who are like Sheridan natives and have spelt, spent all their lives there. So it's good to have people with some outside experience yeah. as well. That's really cool. Do you want to add a feature to the town? We're building up a map very, very slowly with uh, everybody adding the different bits and pieces. Things we've got so far are like uh, a village green, obviously. We've got a high street, which definitely has a subway. No word on what the other shops are yet. There are some woods, there's a duck pond, there's a, there's a pub, there is a, a Margate-style theme park, gift shop and some little tourist attractions. So those are the sorts of things we've got. Okay. 
I wonder if uh, somewhere like beyond the woods or, or in the woods or beyond the woods, there is something that is like some standing stones or something like that. Yeah, that would make sense. And uh, I think we've got a sense of this already, but uh, what, what made you join with this like grassroots version, uh, trying and possibly not, not doing so well at stepping in where the department have withdrawn? Um, I reckon I would have some uh, some some of the players I would probably be acquainted with already from when we had an actual government presence and probably maybe even relied on a couple of them to help with previous situations that we had to deal with in a government capacity. So maybe it was just like as the government were withdrawing, I would then have had a conversation with a couple of those people and been like, I'm going to insist on being able to stay behind. I wonder if I wonder if your character was the one that called me in, uh, called Calisterius in for an interview, and then uh, didn't get back to him. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, let's say that was. Uh, I'm like, I'm very invested in you. I feel like yeah. <laughs> we're be great friends. I love that you're looking for beef before we've even started. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, every time we talk, I can't live it down. The fact that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't help you get into the government agency that one time yeah <laughs> i gave you that signed first edition and you still didn't no, yeah. oh fantastic all right well i'm looking forward to seeing renko in action vicky uh you are ready to play yes very excited has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Dave as Mick, Vicky as Renko, Ellie Pitkin as Persephone Byron, and Alex Pankhurst as Graham. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a foggy outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.